Two music fans discover that they like the same band. One might say to the other, you're a man after my own heart. Or you might imagine uh, someone tucking into their favorite dessert and that their, their new girlfriend has just whipped up uh, this dessert for them. And they might say, ah, you're a woman after my own heart. These are common ways that we use the phrase today, but they are subtly different from each other. In the first sense, a man after my own heart means a man whose heart is set on what my heart is set on. It means that you like what I like. In the second sense of the phrase, it means um, that you are aiming to please me. You are after my heart. It means that you want to tap into what I like and give me my heart's desire. Well, the biblical phrase, a man after God's own heart, has both of these senses. It's talking about a man who is like God's, but also a man who wants to please him. The phrase comes in 1 Samuel chapter 13, where we see the failure of Israel's first king, Saul. Saul trespasses across a forbidden boundary, offering a sacrifice which only the priests can do. And he is deposed. The prophet Samuel tells him this, 1 Samuel chapter 13 and verse 13. You have done a foolish thing, Saul, Samuel said. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. So just as Adam, the world's first king, did what was forbidden, so did Saul. Israel's first king. And just as Adam trespassed and so was deposed, so is Saul. And just as Adam was told about another king who would come along and undo what Adam had done, so Saul is told about another king who will come along and undo what he has done. Here Samuel predicts a second king to answer the folly of the first king. And this new king would be a man after the Lord's own heart. But who would it be? Well, you read on to 1 Samuel chapter 16, and Samuel is sent to David's family to anoint this new king. Initially, Samuel thinks it must be the firstborn son of Jesse, Eliab. In 1 Samuel 16 and verse 6, When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But, verse 7, the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So finally, Samuel, having passed over Eliab and then six other brothers, he comes to David, the youngest, and he is anointed. He has a heart that is after the Lord's heart. God and his king are meant to have a heart-to-heart relationship, an intense bond of love and intimacy. In this way, David pictures for us the true Messiah, the one who sits on David's throne, but the one who has eternally been in the Father's embrace, as John chapter 1 verse 18 might put it. David, this little Christ, will picture for us the person and work of the true Christ, Jesus. David will be the second king who puts right what the first king has done wrong. Tomorrow we will see how David does that. He does it by crushing the oppressor, Goliath. 
But for now, let's meditate on the heart-to-heart between God and His King. First, let's think about the love that the Father has for Christ. Isaiah chapter 42 is the first of these servant songs in Isaiah. And the first thing that the Father wants us to know is, Here is my chosen, my servant whom I uphold, in whom is all my delight. Isaiah 42 verse 1. That's what the Father says about His Christ, His King, the one who is after His heart. Think about what the Father says in the baptism. Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, He says, This is my Son whom I love. With Him I am well pleased. Matthew 3, verse 17. So that's the Father's love for Christ. Now think of Christ's response back to the Father. He takes on our flesh and as our brother, He says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9, Here I am. I have come to do your will, O God. In John 14, verse 31, he says, The world must learn that I love the Father and I do exactly what the Father has commanded me. Here is the heart-to-heart that is at the center of the universe. And now, here's an incredible truth. Now, we are invited into this heart-to-heart. As it says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and has brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. That's Colossians 1, verse 13. By the Spirit, we have now come in on this Father-Son love. This is the very atmosphere of our lives now. You see, we are not simply commanded to work up a heart for God. You can try and be a man after the Lord's own heart. You can try to be a woman after the Lord's own heart. But none of our hearts are up to it. Christ's heart has eternally been up to it because by the Spirit, His heart has been eternally swept up into this love. Now in Christ, we are welcomed into Christ's own eternal heart-to-heart. So today, enjoy being on the heart of Christ, swept up, into an eternal heart-to-heart.